Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast. Once again, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television, which you can catch on WVUA 23 in Tuscaloosa. Joined, as always, by the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com, Travis Ryer. Glad to be with you here on a midweek edition of Talking Tide, where we're going to be breaking down the Crimson Tide's forthcoming game against the Ole Miss Rebels. Now, you can find Talking Tide on Twitter at our handle, which is talking underscore Tide. Get links to all the podcasts right there. You can get it on whatever apps you prefer when it comes to listening to your podcasts. And as well, subscribe to the new YouTube channel, Talking Tide, now on YouTube as well. I want to thank our sponsors, North River Dental Associates, Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, and finally, DraftKings is going to tell you a little bit more about each of them later in the program. But, Travis, we start, of course, uh, taking a look at this Alabama Ole Miss game. And it's one that's highly anticipated for sure. Uh, the Ole Miss Rebels come into this game, Travis, 3-0 and with a lot of hype, a lot of expectations, a lot of excitement for the Lane Kiffin offense. Uh, and I don't think there's any question that this Lane Kiffin team can score on Alabama. I expect to see a lot of po- uh, points on both sides. So does Las Vegas, by the way. More on that later in the show. Uh, but for me, Travis, is the question is, do I believe in this Ole Miss defense, which is always seems to be always the question. That's the annual question, right, uh, with Ole Miss. Do they have it together on defense? Uh I think that's TBD because I don't know that they've played uh, the schedule that would lead me to believe that 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 defense is going to be a legit SEC defense. Maybe it will be, uh, but I want to see it before I believe it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I kind of foresee a game similar to what I think you're thinking, somewhere north of 80 total points. On Saturday afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium, I'm also with you on this Ole Miss defense. I wrote as much earlier in the week at BamaOnline.com. My eyes do tell me that there is some improvement that has been made, but how could there not be relative to what that defense was even at the end of last season? It's not like Ole Miss defensively was trending in a positive direction at the end of the season. Remember, LSU absolutely lit the Rebels up there in December after Alabama had gone into Baton Rouge and pretty much had its way defensively with that LSU offense. So I see the statistics. I see LSU, excuse me, Ole Miss giving up 138 yards on the ground this year compared to 300 yards on the ground through their first three games a year ago. But then that's where the schedule comes into play, as you outlined. Last year, they had already faced three SEC opponents um, at that point in the season. This year, they have faced Louisville, Austin P, and Tulane. And Tulane's a good football team, good offensive football team. Not to undersell the green wave. Went into Norman, Oklahoma against another supposedly vastly improved defense and did some good things. But I'm also in that camp that I need to see it against Alabama and some other teams in the upper echelon of the SEC before I'm I'm buying that there's significant improvement. There has to be some improvement, Chase. It wasn't a great LSU offense that went up and down on them at the end of last season either, that game that you mentioned. Uh, that, that, that LSU offense was nothing special. Uh, and, and I think to your point that not only were they bad last year defensively, but they didn't finish particularly well either. Uh, what did Lane Kiffin do? 
He went out and got some transfers, a JUCO guy here, a D1 guy there. Chance Campbell comes in from Maryland. He's leading this team in tackles as a linebacker. Lane Kiffin, I think, at the end of last year knew that plugging in even quality freshmen probably wasn't going to get it done for 2021. So he went out and got a, a few guys added to this side of the ball with a little more experience. Yeah, with the junior college ranks being what they are right there in state, I can see Lane Kiffin throughout his tenure uh, at Ole Miss really mining those schools for defensive help and the transfer portal. As you said, Chance Campbell comes in from Maryland. He's been a really nice addition for Ole Miss. Uh, but, yeah, they still have some some areas where there's no Benito Jones that I see up front at defensive tackle. Uh, Sam Williams is a really good edge defender. That's the one guy I look at on that Ole Miss defense, and I think about who's a guy for Ole Miss defensively right now that could really even help Alabama, and Sam Williams is that guy, I think. But otherwise, uh, there's a talent deficiency there in comparison to what it will face Ole Miss defensively on Saturday that's still, to my opinion, to my eyes anyway, pretty glaring. Sam Williams leading the way in sacks for the Rebels with four so far. Yeah, he's definitely off to uh, a big start over in Oxford. Uh, Alabama's offense, as long as we're talking about the Ole Miss defense, we'll uh, touch on that a little bit. Looks like Brian Robinson is going to be back for this game. Travis missed this most recent game against Southern Miss with uh, some issues, uh, injury issue with his ribs. Nick Saban said he's practicing this week. Kind of a precautionary holdout, I guess you could say, against Southern Miss. It'll help that Alabama offense to have him back there for sure. Jace McClellan coming in uh, behind him. And I think it's it's a pretty good bet that we'll see Robinson and Jace McClellan as kind of strictly a one-two punch in this game against Ole Miss, much like we saw against the Florida Gators. Yeah, you would think that would be the case. And Alabama coming off of per- – a performance last October that saw it go for over 300 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns in that win over Ole Miss. I don't think the numbers are going to get to that extent this time around. There's no Najee Harris on this football team. There's no Landon Dickerson. There's no Alex Leatherwood when you talk about the offensive line. Um, So maybe not that type of prolific performance on the ground, but I do think uh, north of 200 yards for a second straight week is certainly a, a reasonable expectation for this Alabama offense. Flipping around, talking about that Ole Miss offense and that Alabama defense, that's the matchup that's going to be, I think, is going to draw more nationalized. Certainly, Matt Corral's thrown for damn near 1,000 yards already this season. Travis, I don't think he's got a pick yet. That Lane Kiffin offense uh, has looked outstanding again uh, they haven't played the toughest schedule in the world. How big, how good is that Louisville team they beat? I don't know. Well, I think it's early to tell. Uh, they beat Tulane, I think it was 61-21 in their last outing. But look, Cor- Corral's one of the best quarterbacks, one of the most talented guys in the country. Uh, he's going to throw it around and make some plays. He's got a couple of wide receivers and Ontario Drummond and Jonathan Mingo primarily that make a big difference for him. And they're running the ball too. Uh, with kind of a two-man punch in the backfield as well. Yeah, they've got three backs I think they actually feel good about right now when you uh, combine Henry Parrish in that mix now to go along with Snoop Connor and Jerry and Ely. But it was Ely and Connor 
a year ago that both rushed for over 100 yards in that loss to Alabama and what 268 rushing yards for Ole Miss in that game for rushing touchdown so while Corral was really really good in the passing game and Alabama never had an answer for tight end Kenny Yaboa in the game uh that balance that Ole Miss was able to achieve in that game just kept the Alabama defense on its heels all night and I'm certain that's going to be the plan once again this week this time around for Lane Kiffin we're going to talk about Matt Corral. We're going to talk about Jonathan Mingo, Dontario Drummond, two of the top three wide receivers statistically in the league right now with those guys. But the key to me is right up the middle of that Alabama defense Saturday. If the interior defensive line, inside linebackers Henry Toa and Christian Harris don't play better than they did against Florida a couple weeks ago, you're going to see a similar result, if not more production for Ole Miss because Ole Miss is kind of sneaky good, sneaky under the radar in terms of its offensive line. I think Ole Miss's offensive line is better than Florida's. So we'll see if Alabama has kind of fixed what has ailed it or ailed it a couple weeks ago anyway in Gainesville. Lane Kiffin runs that offense to get guys like Harris and Toa Toa out in as much space as possible, right? We saw it when Kiffin was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. You know, the jet sweeps, the hitch passes, the, the perimeter type stuff that kind of puts some pressure on those linebackers. You can't count on the corners to make all those plays. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely think we're going to see Kiffin try to try to test those guys in the middle and and see if they can be too. Yeah, where I mean, they're Jordan supposed Battle, to be when they're supposed to be there. The safeties were not good against Ole Miss last year. And it wasn't just so much that – they couldn't match up fundamentally, missed tackles, things like that. Uh, you know, wrong first steps, getting out of place, led to explosive plays all night long uh, for Ole Miss. So, and keep an eye on the play count too, the snap count for Ole Miss. If that thing gets north of 70, 75, like it did last season, I think it was 86 plays for Ole Miss in the game last year. And 57 of those were runs. So, whereas Matt Corral threw for over, 300 yards in the game. He didn't even need 30 attempts to get there. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. That not just the play count for Ole Miss, but the ratio. If they're able to get those runs up there, probably means that Corral's hitting on some explosives when he gets the opportunity. That kind of makes you wonder too, I think, Travis, as well, is if you're Nick Saban and your offensive line is getting some push on the early downs, getting five yards a pop from Brian Robinson, uh, do you stick with that running game a little bit more with an eye toward holding the clock and keeping that defense of your own off the field? Yeah, Alabama likes to go tempo in its own right uh, offensively, on occasion at least. This may not be the week where you go a lot of tempo if you're Alabama in terms of trying to help your defense out. And you know, we saw a good bit of 12 personnel from Alabama last week against Southern Mississippi. One back, two tight ends. Maybe there's more of that this week to try to help that run game. And as you said, kind of control things, run it more, play action, take shots. That's what we saw Alabama do a week ago against Southern Miss. And that may have been an indication, at least, that they're ramping up that approach for this week. The spread, the Vegas man, Travis, the Crimson mm -hmm. Tide, 14 and a half point favorites coming in this week. Could see that number 
uh, move a little bit, as always, toward the game. Sometimes you get that point drop or whatever. You would think at 14 and a half, maybe it gets bet down, but that that seems like a pretty fat number. If I was playing it one way or the other, Travis, I think I might like the Rebels plus those points. Yeah, it's hard to look away from the points and taking them with Ole Miss. The, the, the caution I would offer here is that there's so many things that sort of match up with this game and the Florida game a couple weeks ago, except that the game's being played in Tuscaloosa. And being in Gainesville for that game, I can tell you it made a difference. And you've heard Nick Saban as recently as his Wednesday news conference sort of throw the challenge out there to the Alabama fan base by saying as much. Look, Florida made it really, really tough on us a couple of Saturdays down there. He's expecting the same from the home crowd. Again, we'll see how Ole Miss responds to that. You know, there can be some communication issues, some false starts, penalties, things like that that Alabama incurred down in Gainesville a couple of weeks ago. We'll see how Ole Miss handles it, but that would be where I'm a little bit hesitant to totally jump on Ole Miss and those points is the fact that game it in Oxford. Over-under on this game, 79 and a half. It's a huge number, although at the top of the show, you said you saw this thing maybe being 80-plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I guess you like the the over there if you like anything. Yeah, my score prediction is actually going to have Ole Miss covering and the over which I think if Ole Miss covers, it probably has to go over because I I don't see Alabama scoring less than 40 in the game, win or lose. Um, And so I can see both teams getting to 40, similar to what you and I witnessed firsthand uh, five or six years ago in, in Oxford with Chad Kelly at quarterback. And even though Alabama got out to the big lead there in the third quarter and seemed to have control of that one after being down big, Early in the game, uh, here came Chad Kelly in that offense to make it, you know, a 45-40 type of game. So that's what I'm anticipating. I don't know how you can expect otherwise based on what we've seen so far uh, this season. Maybe this is the game where the Alabama defense gets lined up properly and efficiently and fundamentally it tackles well and uh, doesn't jump into wrong gaps and doesn't go hero ball at times. Maybe this is the week. But I don't trust it. You talk about needing to see it from the Ole Miss defense. After Florida a couple weeks ago, those last three quarters, I need to see it from the Alabama defense before I'm back in that boat. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, they they really struggled against Florida. Gave up roughly 260 yards on the ground in that one, I think. And Lane Kiffin, he'll hit Alabama on the ground. It's not going to be a total air show from Matt Corral. It's not, and even uh, it's, more it, it's not a Mike Leach thing at, and at faster, all. Faster than what Florida hit Alabama with. So there's more on the plate for the Alabama defense. It's not that Alabama doesn't have the players or the talent. They do. But right up the middle of that defense, until I see, you know, people attracting double teams and holding the point against double teams and inside linebackers fitting the run with authority and fundamentally sound in how they're fitting the run. And then also Alabama safeties stoning folks when they get the opportunity in the open field that this this is all i have to go on at this point yeah yeah it is going to be a test for alabama's defense no doubt about it good defense in college football has been redefined so much over the last stops over stats stops over stats that's That's what the man said right yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> that's what counts. There's no doubt. And red zone, you could do a lot if you're if you play good red zone defense, you can overcome a whole lot of yards. Third downs last year, Ole Miss nine of seventeen and four of four on force. Yeah. So in this day and age, third down is important. But hell, as much as people go for fourth downs now, it might as they might as well just merge the two. Might as well yeah. be third three slash four on conversions because. You see teams, especially if they get a couple scores down, it's like, you know, we, we've got to go for it here because uh, you know, we're, we're going to be 21 down in a, in a possession if we don't. Yep. Yeah. They don't just run the punter out there every time. Nope. That's for sure. Uh, the ticket man, Travis, doing a little better this week than last week uh, at Bryant-Denny Stadium. The cheap ones, the upper deckers for Ole Miss, going for about $75 a pop on the secondary market. And if you want to get down in that lower bowl, Travis, between the 40s, uh, you're you're looking at 350 to 500 bucks for this one. Yeah, the ticket man did some of his best preseason work with LSU, and he's glad he did because then LSU came out, as we saw, and laid an egg at UCLA. But LSU has responded. Ticket man's pulling hard for LSU. The Tuscaloosa ticket man pulling really hard for LSU Saturday night against Auburn to keep piling up some wins and maybe regenerate some some juice for that LSU matchup in Tuscaloosa in, in November. But, yeah, I mean, that's a solid ticket price. It's actually, to get in anyway, uh, not all that crazy. You know, Ole Miss is a fan base, not quite what you get with LSU and some other schools. So kind of understandable from that perspective as well. All right, the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Moving on here, got to thank a couple of sponsors quickly, starting with North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley, his outstanding staff of dental hygienists. They can tackle every sort of dental need that you might have. They can handle porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, pediatric dentistry, the endodontics, the teeth whitening services. They've got Botox and Juvederm going over there as well. If you want to get those facial features tightened up, conveniently located at 1100 Fairfax Park, right off of Watermelon Road. It's easy to find right beside West Alabama Pediatrics. They'll get you in and out of the chair on a routine teeth cleaning in less than an hour. Uh, give them a call at 752-3506 if you'd like to make an appointment with Dr. Jack, or you can visit them online at northriverdentist.com. Going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier, also in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Don't get left out this holiday season. Go ahead and get those pre-orders in Thanksgiving, Christmas. I know, look, we're just getting into October, Travis. What are you talking about? Slow down. I'm just telling you. You know it's going to be here before you know it. 205-752-0211. Peterbrook Chocolatier can take care of those holiday orders for you. Always a good time to drop by Peterbrook Chocolatier on a home game weekend right next door to Southern Ale House. Maybe a little dinner, a little lunch at Southern Ale House. Next door to Peterbrook Chocolatier for a little treat or treats. Not a bad one-two punch. We talk about Snoop Connor and Jerry and Ely for Ole Miss. Well, that's the Tuscaloosa version. And Peterbrook Chocolatier in its 15th year of business in greater Tuscaloosa. Peterbrook Chocolatier, the champions of chocolate. Finally, we want to thank DraftKings as well. Week three of football in the books. Time to get and ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official 
sports betting partner of the NFL. So to kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings has given new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. You just got to remember that promo code. If you're a YouTube subscriber, there you see it. It's TPPN to get that deal. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. So if you want to get into the ring and take a swing at the Vegas man, the aforementioned Vegas man, Travis DraftKings is definitely the way to do it. He, he always man. says, come on. <laughs> he waves you in, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, take, like, you hit him with a few jabs and maybe even an overhand right. And he goes back into those ropes and he gives you this. And then you wait in and then we see what happens. Sometimes yeah, it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's usually a lot of fun. It's yeah. Ali Foreman every single week. That's what. That's how he handled it. You just yeah. lay on those ropes and let Foreman come in and then yeah. just pepper you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> the early season is when uh, when the man rope dopes the boys. You know, he, he gives them a few live, gives them a few gimmies to get them going. You know, and then it's uh, it's fifteen rounds of pugilism is what it is. Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Great to have you along with us. The Twitter feed, Talking Underscore Tide. Catch us on whatever app you like uh, and prefer to hear your podcast. It's Talking Tide. Uh, Going to run around the SEC really quickly here, Travis. Arkansas at Georgia. Uh, the Hogs, Travis, getting a big chance here. You and I are believers. Are, are we big enough believers to think that Sam Pittman could run over to Athens and get it done? I think that might be pushing it a little bit, especially <laughs> with K.J. Jefferson dinged up after last week at the quarterback position. And, um, you know, Arkansas, in some ways, I think, if you want to play line of scrimmage football right now with Georgia, I think Georgia's fine with that. So, Traylon Burks, Traylon Smith, skilled players, those guys at those spots for Arkansas are going to have to come up huge this week. Jalen Catalan on that defense for Arkansas. The problem is Arkansas's got to get Georgia in a situation where JT Daniels, or if it's Stetson Bennett to some extent, have to throw the football a good bit. That plays right into Barry Odom and that umbrella scheme that he plays with so much zone behind it. But they've got to get Georgia to that point first. And I just think from a matchup perspective, Chase, I don't know about you, I don't think this is as good a matchup for Arkansas because of Georgia's balance that it continues to achieve offensively um, that, that maybe you would like to see for Arkansas. I like Georgia to win the game. I like Arkansas to keep it close. I think you're right. I, th I think Georgia can play that style of football no problem. I think that's what Georgia would rather do, frankly. So, uh, yeah, up front, Ar Arkansas has made its money, I think, up front in, a, in mm -hmm. a big way this season. But it's tough to make money in Athens on the line of scrimmage, and, and that may be what Arkansas is challenged to do. I do think that zone defense could give JT Daniels some trouble. Uh, but but we shall see. Should be an exciting one over there. How about Auburn at LSU? Uh, Auburn, of course, coming off this game against Georgia State where they got a little bit of a scare. Uh, now they go down to 
to Death Valley and Edwards around waiting on them. How do you see that one shaping up? Yeah, I call this one the Sybil series because year in and year out, it's like we don't know which of these teams is going to show up, if either. And I think the stat is Auburn hasn't won in Baton Rouge in this century. So, you know, with the struggles that Auburn had against Georgia State, it's pretty easy to think that LSU will take care of business at home. But I don't trust LSU either, even after the road win, that they managed to make a a good bit harder than it probably needed to be late last Saturday. I I have trust issues with both these teams. I'm going to take LSU at home because – Quarterback issues um, with Auburn, I don't have to worry about that with Max Johnson and LSU. LSU, I'll take it home as well. Uh, Three more games we'll zip through really quickly. Tennessee at Missouri, Florida at Kentucky, Mississippi State at Texas A&M. Do you see any potential upsets in those matchups? A couple of weeks ago, I would have probably picked Kentucky to beat Florida. But what I've seen from Florida the last couple of weeks, I don't think I can go there. And also in terms of what I've seen from Kentucky with the offense seemingly to seemingly taking a little bit of a step back, South Carolina is better defensively than a lot of folks will give them credit for. But I didn't need to see Kentucky struggle to score 16 points in Columbia, South Carolina uh, last Saturday night. So I have some concerns now about Will Levis at quarterback. Christian Rodriguez, man, he's probably maybe my favorite player in the whole SEC, the running back for Kentucky. You can ride that dude a lot, but you're going to have to get something more from that Kentucky offense, I think, because, uh, you know, I, I just like where Florida's at in terms of psyche and also the way that offense is trending right now. A&M, get off the mat. Uh, from that loss to Arkansas, you think, and take care I of business so, at home against I, Mississippi State? I don't see it being this sort of about face and everything's better before Alabama comes to town a week from Saturday night. I think this could be another rock fight type of affair for A&M, a slog. Um, Mississippi State defensively can give – a&M all at once right now, I think. Where I have my questions, and this sounds strange given that we're in year two under Mike Leach in Starkville, Chase, is I don't know what that offense for Mississippi State is going to do with that Texas A&M defense. And A&M in the front seven and its ability to get pressure with just three or four guys up front, I think that could be a real problem for, for Mississippi State Saturday. I don't know about you. Let's just hope somebody's wearing white or else we won't be able to tell them apart, right? (laughs) Spring game. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Glad you were able to join us uh, on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. So for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I am Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. Be sure to come back and join us this weekend as Travis and I uh, look back on the Alabama Ole Miss game. Looking forward to talking to you then here on Talking Tide.